This is Jeremy McFarland for the Footballist Family Podcast, and I'd like to thank y'all for listening today. If you get a chance, make sure that you subscribe to this podcast. Go to sportshistorynetwork.com and look at the many other podcasts that we have with great hosts and great uh, topics as well. Uh, Today, we're going to talk about the Denver Broncos, and uh, we're not going to have a guest. I'm going to be the one talking about why I followed the Broncos for so many years. But before we do that, I tend to like to talk about a little bit of their history to kind of give you a a glimpse about the uh, franchise in particular. And we're going to look at the Broncos. The Broncos began in 1960. Actually, their charter was in 1958. The city of Denver wanted a football team. They had a stadium and they wanted to get an NFL team, but the NFL would not come out to Denver. So they joined up with the AFL, with Bud Adams and, and the other men of the, uh, of the Foolish Club. Well, since the Denver Broncos have been around since 1960, so this will be the 62nd year that they have been in existence. Overall, they have appeared eight times in Super Bowls, have won three of them, have a record of 488 wins, 434 losses, and 10 ties in the regular season with 23 and 19 playoff records. They have eight members who played or coached or worked with the Broncos in the Hall of Fame. So that's pretty impressive. Overall, they won 15 division titles, and they are one of the most recognizable teams in the NFL. Now, I remember growing up watching them play, and I can remember the D. If you ever look back and look at their orange crush, you would see the D on the side of the helmets. The original Denver Broncos jerseys were about the ugliest things that you'll ever see. And if you have time, go and look up what the people in Denver did with those jerseys once they got new jerseys. It's it's hilarious. Denver, when they first got their team and were part of the AFL, they actually had the worst record of any of the original AFL teams with a record mark of 39, 97, and four. Now, I want to give you kind of some some interesting tidbits of knowledge about the Broncos here. The Broncos were the first team to ever beat an NFL team in 1967. They beat the Detroit Lions in a preseason game. They're also the first American professional football team to have an African-American place kicker, a first to have a receiver with 100 receptions in one season, and the first to start an African-American quarterback in the modern era. So that's very impressive. Denver also had a way of whiffing at future Hall of Famers with their first overall picks. They picked. Dick Buckus and Merlin Olson, neither one of those men came to Denver to play, as we know. But then they ended up picking a man named Floyd Little, who ended up setting so many records for the Broncos and making it to the Hall of Fame that he is known as the franchise because he not only signed with the Broncos, but he helped raise money for a stadium for the Broncos. It's interesting to watch the history and look at the history of the Broncos, how they went up in the 70s, went down in the early 80s, and then started skyrocketing when they drafted – well, they actually didn't draft, excuse me – when they signed a recent draft pick of the Baltimore Colts who wasn't going to play for the Colts, a man named John Elway. 
John Elway took them to three Super Bowls, but wasn't able to get over the hump. And we're going to talk about that just in a little bit. Then they went out and found this running back from Georgia named Terrell Davis. And it's at that point that Terrell Davis with John Elway, Rod Smith, and Shannon Sharp, and Ed McCaffrey, and some uh, Steve Atwater, all these great people, great names, great players came together and won two Super Bowls back-to-back. One of them say, you remember the statement that Pat Bowen said, this one's for John? Well, that's when they beat the heavily favored Green Bay Packers in the Super Bowl. They went kind of downhill a little bit, and then they signed a guy named Peyton Manning, Vaughn Miller, men like that who ended up winning another Super Bowl for them. But what I had a problem with is in 2008, they traded away Jay Cutler. In 2006, they signed Jay Cutler out of Vanderbilt. If you know, if listen to any of the podcasts that I've been on, Jay Cutler is one of my favorite players of all time. They cut, basically gave him away to the Bears, and the Bears benefited from that. It's at that point where I started thinking, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't be following the Broncos like I used to. I still, they still have a part of me. I'm still attached to them. I still have a lot of fond memories, and I'm going to share a few in the interview section. But there's a little bit of the history of the Denver Broncos. They are an amazing franchise with a great winning culture, and hopefully they can get things together and find a quarterback because their team is ready to go, ready to start winning again. And they have to because of the, the way that the Chiefs are playing, the Chargers are moving up in the world, And the Raiders, well, the Raiders are primed to win, too, so they've got to compete. Now, I'm going to share a little bit about my fandom of the Broncos today, but if you want to share your fandom of any team, even if we covered them already, please message me on Twitter at Jeremy underscore McFarland or follow us on the Football is Family Facebook page. And if you want to, come on, send me a message. We'll get you on here. And as always, thank you for for listening to Footballless Family. And we're back to Footballless Family podcasts. And uh, if you want to be part of this, please message me on Twitter at Jeremy underscore McFarland or on the Footballless Family Facebook page at Footballless Family. And I would love to have you all on talking about your football fandom. It may not even be the NFL. It could be college. It could be high school. It could be a story that you have. I'm open for anything. So please let me know. And while you're at it, please rate and review this podcast. Tell me where I can do better. Tell me what I'm doing all right. So uh, we can give you a a program that you would like to listen to. That's what we're all about. I want to tell you my story. And uh, I've got a couple of weeks where I'm going to tell you my stories about certain teams. But my first favorite team I want to tell you about today. Growing up in Middle Tennessee in a town called Dixon and later on in a town called Bon Aqua, um, there was not a lot of football in the NFL in particular. There was college. Uh, we had the Tennessee Volunteers, which is about five or six hours away from where I live, and, and people loved them and followed them, and I saw a lot of orange, but there was not a lot of football in my area NFL-wise. Now, I did follow and go to a lot of Vanderbilt Commodore games, but I really didn't see a win until 2008. It was kind of sad. And growing up, there was a lot of people who – 
uh, basically were holdover fans from the 70s, you know, with the Cowboys and maybe even the 49ers, the Jets, and the Steelers. But, again, the NFL wasn't that big. So when I turned on TV and started watching the NFL, and I remember it 1987, 1988, uh, I started following, of all teams, the Seattle Seahawks. They were in the AFC West at that time. They had great jerseys, great players like Kurt Warner and Steve Largent, Jim Zorn, men like them. Um, and I started following them. That was until they got beat in the playoffs by the Houston Oilers. So I started looking for another team, especially in the Super Bowl. And that's when I found the Denver Broncos. Now, I can actually find the beginning of my fandom of the Denver Broncos. It started on January 31st, 1988, and almost completely ended on April 2009, thanks to Josh McDaniel. I appreciate that, Josh. You about ruined a lifelong love affair. You just about did. When I started watching football, uh, I, again, I was looking for a team, and I found the Denver Broncos. They played in a Super Bowl that year, and they got just destroyed by the Washington Redskins, and they went on to get destroyed later on by the uh, San Francisco 49ers. It was bad. It was bad. I, I endured two bad Super Bowls several bad years, and a jersey changed. I tried my best, though, to find anything around Nashville that had the Broncos on it. I still actually have my first Broncos hat. It is ugly, but it has class, if that is possible. And I'll, and I'll put a picture of that hat when I find it. I'll put a picture of it up on Twitter and let you see it. It's, it's just It's ugly, and you can tell I wore it a lot. I finally found the good Broncos hat in 1997. It was the year they changed logos, so I had to buy a cyber horse hat. It was white and blue. Uh, eventually got to a point where I had to get rid of it. But, you know, that year they won their first Super Bowl. So I give myself credit for their win by buying a hat. Before ESPN, it is hard to get any information about the Broncos. I would wait until my uncle finished his Sports Illustrated magazine and I would read up on anything that they had about Elway and the Broncos in it. It was a dark time for sports fans. Definitely was. I have several stories to share about my fandom. Little Caesars Pizza, you know, Pizza Pizza, uh, came out with the NFL posters around in the early 90s. We're talking full-size door posters. So I got one with Elway on it and put it on my door. One day I woke up with a scream. There was a scream outside my door. My mom walked out of her room to see a guy standing in front of her. It was my John Elway poster. I managed to scare my mother with a John Elway poster. I played a lot of Tecmo Bowl on the NES and Tecmo Bowl Super Bowl. Elway was my go-to character, and I tried my best to win Super Bowls with him. I did win a few, especially on Tecmo Bowl Super Bowl. When Madden came around, the Broncos were my team. At least they had a running game at that point to rely upon. And I remember playing on the computer in 1996, the Madden game there, and I had Terrell Davis. It was, it was awesome. And by the way, I still like the old school orange and blue. I wish they would go back to that instead of the white blue. The orange blue, old school, my favorite. In 1996, the Broncos had their best team up to that point. Elway, Davis, Sharp, Atwater, McCaffrey, etc. Mike Shanahan was the coach. They were picked to win the Super Bowl that year, and I believe they were 13-3 and three at that point. 
I was working at Long John Silver's in Dixon, and I would have to miss the game. I hated that, but I had to miss it. I knew that when I got home, the Broncos would have advanced in the playoffs on their way to the Super Bowl. They were picked to beat the lowly Jacksonville Jaguars, which was in their first couple of years of existence at that point. It was a shock. The Jaguars beat the Broncos 30 to 27. I never forgave the Jaguars. I hold grudges, I guess, when it comes to football teams. Oh, well, whatever. I learned how to throw a spiral by watching John Elway throw the ball. I recorded a game where the Broncos played against the 49ers, and I believe it was in Japan of all places. I looked at his motion, his foot movement, and his arm motion. I rewind and, and watched it forward slow motion several times. I now today can throw a ball like John Elway, although to be honest, nowhere as far as good as accurate or as hard as he could, but I have the same motion. So at least I have that in 1997, 98, the Broncos made it again to the super bowl where they played against the green Bay Packers who had won the previous year. I was a freshman at Freed Hartman university in Henderson, Tennessee. And I remember watching the game on my little TV in the dorm. When the Broncos won, I remember yelling out of my room that we had won. People stepped out the dorm and looked at me, but I'm sure I didn't bother anybody studying. I mean, come on, it's college. Why would we want to study to begin with? I own two Broncos jerseys, a Terrell Davis jersey, one of my favorite players of all time, and a Jay Cutler jersey. I got the Davis jersey from a member of the church that I attended. She knew I was a Broncos fan and got it for me for Christmas. I still value that jersey because of that sweet lady. And what's interesting about that, a little little dude that used to be uh, my shadow, Nathan, he wanted a Terrell Terrell Davis jersey as well. So he got one, and we have a picture of us sitting on the front porch in my parents' house there in Bonacqua with our Davis jerseys on. It's, It's very special. The other one is a Jay Cutler jersey, and I got a story behind that. I bought that jersey from a store who had half off of every jersey that you could think of. So I got a stitched, numbered, lettered Terrell or Jay Cutler jersey. It's a white one. It's beautiful. I loved it. I bought it, and I said, you know what? I finally got me a Jay Cutler jersey. I'm going to enjoy this. I got out to my car, turned on the ESPN news. And it said that color wants to be traded or is going to be traded. And I thought, you know what? I just bought this jersey, and now it's going to be what they consider retro. That's great. But it kind of goes along with the tradition of me buying jerseys. I bought a Marcus Mariota jersey. He was let go. I have a Corey Davis jersey. It's a great jersey. I love it. He is now a Jet. I have a Derrick Henry jersey. John Robinson, please do not do anything to that man so at least I can enjoy that jersey for a couple more years. My top four Broncos of all time, John Elway, Terrell Davis, Shannon Sharp, and Mike Shanahan. I still have a few Broncos items that mean something to me. One of, the, one of them is a watch from their Super Bowl 33 victory. I'll also watch that I bought from all places the Smoky Mountain Knife Works there outside of Gallenberg, Tennessee. Now, I still follow the Broncos. I still enjoyed watching them win the Super Bowl a few years ago, and, I, and I'm glad to see Von Miller and them win a Super Bowl. 
but like I said, Josh McDaniel really ruined my my love of the Broncos. He just did. But in 2006, I started watching the I started watching the uh, NFL draft from start to finish because Cutler was there. Cutler was in it. He got signed by the Broncos. He got drafted. So I went to Columbus, Mississippi, of all places, and bought a Jay Cutler Vanderbilt card, mailed it to the Broncos, and forgot about it. About three or four weeks later, I ended up getting it back signed. I said, you know what? That's pretty cool, but maybe someone uh, signed it for him and sent it back to me. Well, I kept it. A few years later, when I moved up to Tennessee, moved back to Tennessee, uh, we were talking, my wife and I were talking that we were concerned about my son. We, we thought he might have a diabetes and we wanted to know what we needed to do about it. So we did a little research and I found out that Cutler had diabetes and that he had a children's uh, diabetic, uh, you know, a, a kind of a fundraiser for children with diabetes. So I sent a check in and I, and I said, I'm wanting to donate to this. Would you, would you send me a, a signed something or other? I, I would want to buy something signed. I forgot about it. And again, in about a month or so later, I get this package back, a little little envelope or big envelope, brown envelope back. And it had Jay Cutler running in his Broncos jersey with an autograph on it. I compared the two autographs, my old baseball or football card I had and, and that. And they were the exact same thing. So I said, you know what? This I probably did get a color autograph. So I put the picture back in the envelope and laid it to the side. I had the stomach bug for about a, a week at that point. So I didn't really want to keep it close by. I came back from basically going and just heaving everything up basically to try to find the envelope that had the Cutler autograph in it to show my wife. Well, I looked around and said, Katie, where is it? She had it in her hand and ripped it from the middle to the other side of the middle, ripped it in, in two because she thought the package had nothing in there. My jaw dropped. And I said, my picture was in there. We bought out half of one picture and half the other. And I looked at it and I looked at her and I said, you know what? It's okay. I got a long piece of tape, put it back together, put it in a frame. And now I'm looking at it right now. You can tell where it was ripped. So Jay, if you're listening, you know, I, you're still my favorite. I still have that, that autograph. You're still my favorite one. One of my favorite Broncos of all time. Nothing but love, my friend. Y'all, thank you for listening to this Football's Family podcast. Uh, next week, we're going to talk about another one of the teams that I have followed. And, and I will tell you about my Titans and why they are my team right now. Thank you, and I will see you then. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com.